Hello everyone, welcome to Dreamer Talk. I'm your host, The Dreaming Gamer, and I want to say thank you for joining me on the third episode of this podcast. So, in today's episode, we're going to talk about the big anniversaries that Nintendo is having. And really, the anniversaries that gaming in general can celebrate, because they're two franchises that have really touched all corners of gaming. Some way, somehow, everything goes back, I feel like everything goes back to Mario and The Legend of Zelda. You can also argue it also goes back to games like Pac-Man and um, Tetris, but but right now we're going to talk about these two. But before I get into that, I kind of want to talk about what I've been playing recently. So, funny thing is, after I put out that last week's video, or last week's podcast, talking about uh, listing my favorite worlds of in Mario 64, me and my wife actually beat Mario 64. So that... So that list is kind of already got dated, even even before it was released. And uh, maybe because the DLC is baked right into the game. But I just like it a lot better. And then, computer-wise, I have been playing... I've been stuck on Hearts of Iron 4. The, the Paradoxes games, Hearts of Iron, uh, Europa Universalis, those games, like, draw me in, and I get well stuck in them. I will play them for hours instead of playing something that would have a more of a story to it. But... um. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys have been playing. So why don't you, down in the comments, why don't you let me know? But so, let's go ahead and get into our topic. Mario's anniversary was on the 13th of this year. And The Legend of Zelda will celebrate their anniversary on the 21st of February of next year. So I want to talk about what I think could happen for the twenty, for the sorry, for the thirty-fifth anniversary of the Legend of Zelda, because if we use the Mario anniversary as as an example, where we had stuff like clothes and toys, there was uh, those the Legos. We got a new Paper Mario game. There was a three D All Star Collection, of course, and then we also had the um, we also had that Mario Kart um, game that you can play where you like drive around the car around your living room which seems pretty cool especially if you're if you if you have children but i'm not i'm not gonna get it um the anniversary is gonna continue we're also getting uh mario themed stuff in animal crossing so that's exciting and the anniversary will continue the celebration will continue until february 12th 2021 because that's the release of mario 3d world deluxe right on time for us to then start the Legend of Zelda's anniversary. Um, I am really sad, as a lot of gamers are, about the fact that we didn't get the 3D, the, sorry, the E3 booth that was planned, because Nintendo wanted a whole big Mario-themed one, kind of like how they did in the Animal Crossing one of last year. Uh, I think that would have been really cool. Think about it, you could have had, like, warp pipes in Peach's Castle, and you could have experienced all the different games. But 
alas, we didn't get that. So, uh, I, w I read an article recently on Screen Rants that talked about how new copyrights have popped up for Zelda-themed clothes and toys. So, obviously, we'll see a pale, you know, your, your hoodies and your clothes. Uh, we'll probably maybe see Lego sets. Depends on how well the Mario set is going. I feel like, whereas Mario, the Mario set kind of like, it's a new idea. I feel that the Legend of Zelda Lego set would be a lot more like a traditional Lego set. You know, you'll have a minifigure of Link and of Zelda. Uh, we might even actually see an action figure toy line. Like, not... Not like a big thing, but like an actual like action figure. And then Link could have like different swords or different shields or it's like a hook shot and stuff like that. But let's talk about the bigger thing. What new games can we expect? Well, based on Nintendo's recent trend, which is hard to use because they don't always do things the most logical. But it's safe to say that we are going to get an anniversary collection. But what will be included on it? Unlike with Mario, who fiddled with 3D, 2D games, advanced 2D, if you will, with the new Super Mario Bros., the Zelda series has stayed pretty much 3D. Once it transitioned over into Ocarina, once Ocarina of Time transitioned over, it's generally stayed that formula until Breath of the Wild, which is still 3D. And then Zelda, Zelda 2, and A Link to the Past are already on the Switch, so I doubt they'll be included in any collector's edition. Because the because the last collector's edition we got was on the GameCube. And that included Zelda 1, Zelda 2, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask. And then a demo of Wind Waker. But if we use Mario 3D as an example, we'll probably get three games. So let's talk about the three games that I think will appear on it. So the first game that is pretty much a guarantee will be on here is Ocarina of Time. And I'd be really surprised if it isn't included. Because Ocarina of Time, like Mario 64 is often hailed as the greatest game ever made. And I'd argue Ocarina of Time's impact on gaming is bigger than Mario 64. Like, Mario 64 revolutionized the platformers, but platformers kind of died out. But Ocarina of Time's influence is still being felt to this day. But now, which version will we get, you ask? We'll probably just get the standard 64 version. And it'll probably be the emulated version like they did with Mario 64, polished edges, upgraded resolution. I doubt we'll get the 3DS version included because that'd be hard to emulate. Well, not hard to emulate because the Wii U did it, did with the DS. But I think it'll just be the regular 64 version. Now, what I am sad that I don't think will be on here is going to be Majora's Mask. Because as episode zero of this podcast pointed out, Majora's Mask is one of my favorite games of all time, and one of my favorite Zelda games until Breath of the Wild. And but they weren't even going to remake it for the 3DS. But thanks to a passing project and a lot of fans, we were able to get that 3DS version. And Majora's Mask is really like the black sheep of the family, the oddball. So I don't expect it to be on the on the collection. Now, the most controversial mainline Zelda game that I almost positive will be in there is Wind Waker. And I don't know if any of y'all remember all the controversy about Wind, Wind Waker when it first came out, when it was first announced. Uh, it's been covered, documented across time. But I loved the Wind Waker, and I loved it for the first moment I played it. Played it. I got the re-released one on the Wii U, and 
besides Breath of the Wild, I dare say it's the biggest Zelda game in terms of content. Like when you take into account that there's a second store, there's a second quest to it. You got the photography. You got all the islands that you can visit. And if they do include Wind Waker, they'll probably just use the Wii U version, and that with just maybe an upgraded resolution. But they might not even do that because the Wind Waker, Wind Waker is a because of its cell shaped graphics. It looks incredible. Like, even the GameCube version looks pretty good. And the Wii U version looks even better. So if they don't improve anything, then I'm not going to be... I'm not going to have that big of a problem. But I would hope that maybe they would, like, polish the edges like they do. The next game is the quote-unquote Zelda game for America, Twilight Princess. That's probably a guaranteed inclusion. It is the first Zelda game with a, with a heavy emphasis on story over freedom. And it has the same advantage as Wind Waker. It has an easy port from the Wii U version. And as we've seen, Nintendo loves porting the Wii U games to the Switch. Which is not a detriment to them or criticism. Because the Wii U had some really good games on it. And I'm glad that they're porting the, the games to the Switch. So more people can enjoy them. But like Wind Waker, you just increase the resolution, polish the graphics, and away you go. Just as long as long as they leave the bloom lighting down. The Wii U version doesn't have this problem, but the GameCube slash Wii version had bloom lighting that made everything, like, really shine, because that was the thing games did at the time. And then for the last one, if I consider Majora's Mask to be the black sheep of the family, then Skyward Swords has to be the beige sheep. Because Nintendo makes more references to Skyward Sword than Majora's Mask. It was included in the base game of Hyrule Warriors, and... It's also the game that Nintendo put all of their eggs into with the Wii Motion controls. So the when the Wii Motion Plus came out, that was the game that like showed it off, the improved motion control. It's also because with an almost entire focused on storytelling, like the 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 game is almost entirely story driven. It's a fun but weaker Zelda game. And the problem is, is that because we focus so hard on the story, we lose that adventure that you get with, with The Legend of Zelda. And because of such a focus on story and the somewhat lukewarm reaction that it got, it caused Nintendo to go back and be all like, okay, well, let's rethink how we, let's rethink the Zelda series. Now, that said, I don't actually think it'll be on the collection. Because I believe Nintendo will re-release it by itself. There's rumors floating around. Um, online stores pop up. But I think it'll be re-released by itself. And since Nintendo figured out a system on how to transfer Gal Mario Galaxy over to the Switch. And have the controls work that way. They could probably do it with any Wii game. Now how it would play. I don't know. Preferably some combination of motion control and buttons like Galaxy. Or like your, when you're playing in handheld mode. You can use your finger. You can use the touchscreen on certain things, but most of it's all mapped to a controller. But and then when you're on, when you're playing on the screen, you can use like the motion control and the controllers. But I'm betting it's going to be released by itself, and probably at fifty nine dollars. Yeah, because that's just Nintendo, Nintendo's pattern. And the and unlike with Mario Galaxy two, which should have been in the collection. Nintendo can as easily pretend a Zelda game just doesn't exist. Because none of these games are, well, Majora's Mask is, but none of these games are really 
expansion packs like Mario Galaxy 2 is. Because Mario Galaxy 2, very similar to Breath of the Wild 2, is a game that they just, it was, they had so many ideas for Mario Galaxy that they couldn't include, that they just made a whole separate game for it. So, I, in the collection, I think Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess is going to be included. Now, Nintendo might make an adult Link collection. So, it would be Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword. That might be on one. Seeing as they ignored the second Mario game on the Wii, they may ignore one of the GameCube's other games. I don't think so. Because that is... That just seems dumb to me. But then again, leaving off Mario Galaxy 2 is kind of dumb. And as much as I love Nintendo, they don't always make the smartest decisions. So we just gotta see. They may even go the cheaper route. An even cheaper route. And just release Wind Waker and Twilight Princess together. And call it done. After all, they've already they've already been released in high, def, in high definition. And they're already on the Wii U. So it's just porting them over. Who knows? We might not even get a collection, but I I seriously doubt that. So, what else can happen for the 35th anniversary? Guizo, at least I think I pronounced that right, has been in charge of remaking and improving the previous Zelda games. And after the towering success of Link's Awakening, I imagine they are working on the next one. I'm not sure how licensing licensing works. I know it's a headache and it's weird, but I think Miniscat would be a great game done in that Link's Awakening toy engine. I would like the Oracle games as a single united game, not in two pieces. Like you would you would start up the game and then you could select which side you wanted to start on and then you could just transition over. But my money is on Miniscap because the game's popular. At least in the circles that I see, it's more popular than the Oracle games. However, Capcom made both the Oracles and the Miniscap, so Nintendo might not get to remake them. Because it's just like the problems they encountered with Mario RPG into the fact that those Original characters are owned by Square, so that's why Nintendo can't exactly use we use them. But at the same time, Nintendo has a really good relationship with Capcom. So, but to wind off this podcast, let's talk about the the big divine beast in the room, Breath of the Wild 2. We know it's been in development since the first one came out in 2017. Yet all we have seen was a trailer at E3. I'm not going to speculate about the trailer and what it means, because most people have already combed through it. I do believe Nintendo intended to have Breath of the Wild 2 as their big winner game. With Mario 3D All-Stars being their summer hit. So like E3 would come out. Then comes Mario 3D All-Stars. Everyone, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then in the winter, bam, we get Breath of the Wild 2. However, COVID struck. And Nintendo themselves have admitted that they have struggled to adapt to the changes brought on by the virus. Case in point, why Smash Brothers, the Smash Brothers DLC has taken so much longer. Now, we are getting a new game in the Breath of the Wild trilogy. Which is the Age of Calamity which probably been in development for a while, at least before the virus, to serve as a stopgap between the Breath of the Wilds. A common frustration with Nintendo is that they are just hard to understand from a business perspective. Most of the time, you want to amp up your game, ramp up its popularity, ramp up its attention, and then release it. But Nintendo will do stuff like announce and release a Kirby game on the same day, or tweet at 3 in the morning about an upcoming Direct. So about that 3 o'clock morning, I don't know if y'all saw that, but... Nintendo of America tweeted out at like 3 in the morning that, oh yeah, there's a direct. My theory is that probably the PR manager was laying in bed at night and was like, oh crap, I forgot to send the tweet. Better send it now. Which would make sense. You know, you hit the spring off strong. They could wait until further the year, August, October, 
but that seems so unnecessary, especially since Breath of the Wild 2 is another expansion pack. It's just a bunch of ideas that they couldn't fit that they were going to include as a DLC, and then as they went on, it just grew and grew and grew. A smarter business idea would be to release Breath of the Wild 2 with the rumored Switch Pro if it releases in the spring of the year, because this year we got the Switch Lite to complement Animal Crossing. So it makes sense, with the stronger Switch Pro, we would get Breath of the Wild 2. It would also be a solid way to introduce the console. There is rumors floating around that we're supposed to see more of the game this month, next month, at a direct or a video or whatever, but we'll have to wait and see. Nintendo stated that they're not really big on doing like directs anymore, except for like partner directs or maybe like single focus games directs, but so we'll just have to wait and see. I do hope we get to play as Zelda, because that would be an awesome way to introduce new players and explain what happened to all our hearts and stamina and everything like that. I think it would be very similar to like how Samus always loses all her equipment. But, I mean, how are we supposed to have defeated Ganon, defeated Calamity Ganon in Breath of the Wild, and then like just suddenly starts back with three hearts? I mean, they could do some wiggly wiggly and some like bolt of lightning takes away our abilities, but I still think the Zelda, playing as Zelda would be a great idea. This is going to sound dumb, but in the teaser, Zelda has short hair. And a tactic in storytelling design is to have your heroine with short hair. Because it's used to betray a tomboyous, adventurous attitude. Alright everyone, so that was my thoughts on the Zelda 35th anniversary. What we might expect, what I was able to figure out from news articles and stuff like that. Um... Now, of course, I record these podcasts ahead of time, so there's a very real chance that by the time this comes out, that Nintendo could have already exp- uh, revealed Breath of the Wild 2 as the big winner game, um, but, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. Um, but yeah, so I thank you guys for joining me. Uh, the intro and outro was once again provided by, well, not provided by, but I found them on Pixabay, This is a free source you can go and use for like they have videos they have pictures they have sound they can be used for anything anything that you want i'm not affiliated with them i just think they're a cool site to to plug um i'm going to talk about my patreon now so if you just want to move on i appreciate you guys for listening and i hope you guys have a good have a good rest of your day for those of you that are going to stick around um i'm just basically going to talk about the fact that i do have a patreon um, you can find it at the Dreaming Gamer. At the Dreaming Gamer, uh, I'll include a link in the description. And it's just used to, if you like what I do and would like to help me grow and support the support the podcast, you can become a patron. You can donate. None of my stuff is going to be locked behind a paywall. Um, you will. The first tier will get a shout out at the end of the at the end of the podcast, just like this. The second tier gets access to, to gets early access to the episodes to the podcast videos, whatever it is that I'm doing. And then the last one, the last tier, gets not only the early access and the shoutouts, but also gets fans requests. So if you have any topic that you think that you would like to hear my thoughts on, any um, anything that you basically want me to talk about, then you can tell me, and then I'll have a special, like, fan-dedicated episode, basically. So it'd be like... It may just be a bonus episode, but it'd be stuff like um, if there's any questions, anything like that. 
but yeah, so the Patreon is not just for the podcast. It is for all the projects, everything that encompasses the, the Dreaming Gamer umbrella, which is the podcast, the YouTube channel, the, the Twitch. I'm not, I'll admit, I'm not the greatest at all of this, but I am trying to be better and trying to learn and grow. So, but yeah, so I thank you guys for joining me on this week's episode, and I will see you guys next week.